Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. My brother-in-law likes to do race car driving. And uh, he and a friend who owns a car, they get together and they work on this car. And they're always trying to tweak it just the right way. They try to make it lighter or give it more horsepower or something that will give them the magic recipe for victory on race day. I want you to know that we have the magic recipe for victory in Jesus Christ. Uh, All that we need for salvation, all that we need for life and godliness is found in Jesus Christ. And uh, we need to understand this victory and receive this victory by faith um, so that we can live the life that God has called us to live. Uh, This letter is written to Timothy. Uh, by the Apostle Paul, and it is a letter to encourage Timothy. He's going through a difficult time. Matter of fact, Paul even mentions that he's going through a time where he has shed tears. He is burdened, he is struggling, he is in difficulty, and yet Paul writes to him, he says, look, Timothy, I've been there, I know what you're going through, I know the struggle you're going through, but can I tell you something? God has been faithful to me. God has brought me through the struggles that I have had, and he's given me victory. Matter of fact, 2 Timothy is the last book the Apostle Paul wrote. It's kind of his, he's actually in prison awaiting execution when he writes this book, uh, when he was executed by the emperor of Rome. And so these are kind of his last words to Timothy, and he's saying, look, God has been faithful to me, Timothy. You can put your trust in him. You can put your trust in his power. He will carry you through And uh, we need to put our trust in Jesus Christ and his great supernatural power for victory. Uh, If you'll look with me at verse 1 of 2 Timothy 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, uh, for the sake of the promise of life in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly loved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel I was appointed a herald, apostle, and teacher, and that is why I suffer these things. But I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until 
that day. Empowered for victory. What power has God given us for victory in life? Well, the first thing I want you to see is he's given us power to receive. If you look at verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, why? For the sake of the promise of life in Christ Jesus. We have the ability to receive eternal life purchased by Jesus Christ at the cross and we can be changed from the inside out. Uh, Jesus met with Nicodemus and he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And he was speaking of that inward spiritual birth that takes place in a person who puts their trust in Jesus Christ. He said, Nicodemus, you need an inward change. You need to receive Jesus Christ. You need to repent of your sin and put your trust in him so that you can live in this supernatural change of life and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within your heart who will empower you to live for me. And so <clears throat> we have the power to receive this eternal life. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came and went to a cross so that we wouldn't perish. And he rose from the dead to show us his great power to give us the power, not only to forgive us, but to give us the power to overcome sin in our life. And so uh, if you've not done that, the response, and we'll give you an opportunity to respond here in a little while, but you can re even respond as I'm preaching. You can pray a prayer in your heart. Lord Jesus, I choose to turn from my sin in my own way and to put my trust in you to forgive me and give me the gift of eternal life. And he will save you. It's called the promise of life in Christ Jesus. It's promised. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so this power, uh, the victory comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's walking with this unseen partner in your life that makes the difference. He gives the power to go through the trials of life. The Apostle Paul said, we despaired even of life, but we found there's one that can raise us up from the dead. Jesus Christ can raise you up when you're going through a discouraging time. Uh, Peter and John found that they had the power to be bold in their faith through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. Through that relationship with Jesus Christ, they who had forsaken Jesus at his time of need were able to stand boldly before the Sanhedrin, the most powerful assembly of the land, and were able to speak boldly in the name of Jesus. Power to receive. You need Jesus Christ. Listen, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people go through trials in life and tell me, I don't know what I would have done had I not had the Lord. You need Jesus Christ in your life to help you through those times of difficulty. Maybe you're struggling with a difficulty in marriage. Can I tell you, Jesus can carry you through. Jesus can give you the power uh, to heal that marriage. And as you take your marriage to God in prayer, and as you seek his face to change you, but also to change that other person, God can restore marriages as people are willing to be restored. And so uh, there's no area of life that God's power cannot touch. And he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Isn't that a great promise? Wherever we are in life, 
Jesus will walk with us once we've received him in faith. So that empowerment for victory comes first in the power to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Secondly, not only has he given us power to receive, he's given us power to serve. Power to serve. He's reminded Timothy of his grandmother, his godly grandmother, godly mother. And he says, I'm convinced that you have this same sincere heart of faith in you. But I want you to know, Timothy, verse 6 says, I remind you, you need to stir up this gift within you. Some translations, my translation includes says rekindle. It can, it can mean that, but it also can mean just to stir up. Some people's gifts lie dormant. They don't use the gifts that God has given them. To serve the Lord. But God has given us the power to serve. Uh, If you are a child of God, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you have a spiritual gift. Every child of God has at least one. He's empowered you to serve. So you need to take that gift he's given you and stir it up. Literally fan it to flame. uses the word um, that has to do with a flame of fire. Um, I think of Pentecost when I think of this. The Spirit of God descending on that early church. And you remember the the tongues of fire over their heads? The Holy Spirit had filled them. And this was kind of a visual picture of what God was doing in their hearts and lives. And uh, the men on the road to Emmaus said, Didn't our hearts burn within us as we talked with him along the way? That's the work of the Spirit of God in your heart as he helps you. Use your spiritual gift. Now, uh, this empowerment for service means we need to use these gifts. Uh, What gifts might you have? You might have a gift of service. Uh, You might be uh, like those faithful people who do service in the background. You know, I'm convinced without people with a gift of service, the church would be in serious, serious trouble. They get everything done in the church, right? There are people who get to service. God's just given them a heart. They delight to serve God's people. Other people have gifts of speaking. Perhaps it's a gift of encouragement or a gift of saying just the right thing at the right moment to bring encouragement or uh, direction in somebody's life uh, from the Holy Spirit. Uh, Sometimes people have gifts of teaching. Uh, Whatever the case may be, gift of administration. All these are gifts from God. But look at what he says here in verse 6. He says, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that's in you. Did you know you're not responsible to kindle up somebody else's gift? You're responsible to kindle up your gift. Sometimes we we, we stress that. We say, well, God, I wish I could serve like so-and-so. Listen, I can think of nothing better in this world than to fulfill the purpose for which God created you. Think about that. When you fulfill the role that God has given you to fulfill, you make an eternal difference for God's kingdom. Probably nobody will remember my name when I'm gone. Nobody will probably remember your name 100 years after after we die, right? If Jesus tarries. But can I tell you something? The role that we have in the kingdom of God will keep going forward. God's purpose will continue to be achieved. So as you fulfill the purpose of God in your life by the faithful use of your gift, be faithful in the use of your gift. Sometimes people will kind of do an occasional use of their gift. But faithfully use that gift as God gives you opportunity and ask the Spirit to lead you in that. 
So God has given us the power to receive, the power to serve. Thirdly, the power to overcome. I love this. Apparently, the circumstances that Timothy has, has been facing are great, uh, difficult circumstances. We're not told specifically what they are, but they're very challenging. And he's apparently struggled with fear. Look at what Paul says to him in verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound judgment. Now, my translation has a little S on spirit. You could also, because they did, that all the letters were capitalized in the originals. Um, there were no lowercase in, in the original Greek. And so, uh, you could also put that as a capital spirit. Uh, the, the, the spirit of fear, the Holy Spirit. God has not given us a, a spirit that brings fear. He's given us the Holy Spirit that brings power, love. Fruit of the Spirit's love, right? And sound judgment or sound mind or self-control, some of your translations may say. But it's, it's this idea of the Spirit of God guiding you through the circumstances. And, and how does God bring this about, this power to overcome? I think he does it through prayer. Um, I, was, I saw this morning in my quiet time, Luke 18.1, Jesus said he was going to tell, teach them parables uh, that men should always pray and not lose heart. Always pray and not lose heart. What happens when you pray and you take your burdens to God and you mix it with thanksgiving? The peace of God which passes all understanding comes, Right? You know what I found? God empowers me through prayer. <clears throat> I remember one time in Texas, I was sitting on the front pew. I was having asthma trouble. I could hardly even remember my own name. I couldn't remember the title of my message. And I, at that time, I had no notes whatsoever that I preached with. I thought, God, I can't remember my title. I can't remember my points. I can't even hardly function in my mind. If you don't do this, it's not going to happen. And I remember I got up in the pulpit, it was like a switch turned on. All of a sudden, my mind was clear. I, I spoke and, and had no struggles whatsoever, finished. And as I was doing the invitation, it came back. <laughs> God gave me just enough power that I needed to do what he called me to do. Listen, when you pray to God, it's amazing what God will unleash in your life. It's amazing the answers to prayer that you will see. God's not giving us a spirit of fear. Take those things to God in prayer. Find his power. But also I've found that when I go to God in prayer, he gives me his love. Why? Because when I'm at rest and I'm at peace, I'm free to, to love other people. Right? Sometimes I'm worried maybe, what's this person going to do? What's this person going to do? Or uh, uh, what are the ramifications of this? But you know when I pray, God puts all that stuff into perspective. All of a sudden, all the things that seem so big seem small because I recognize I serve an omnipotent, all-powerful God who is able. And I find his peace, and I'm able to be filled with his Holy Spirit and to love people and not worry about all the things that, that are around me. What a wonderful, wonderful gift that God's given us. And then also the sound judgment or self-control is another fruit of the Spirit. Um, <clears throat> Um, as I pray, God gives me guidance, right? And so as I'm guided, uh, I can find the judgment. I can find it, the, the guidance in his word. The Holy Spirit can lead me to the right place. Or 
It's amazing how often I'll be doing a reading program, reading through a book of the Bible, or um, doing something like that, and I'll get to the passage that's just the passage I need at just the right time. Can I tell you, I believe that's supernatural. God gives me exactly what I need at exactly the right time. It's the power to overcome. And so as you say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. I don't know what to do with this. But God, I thank you that you are the sovereign God. He is able to come into our situation and use his supernatural power to overcome what we can't overcome in our own strength. So we're empowered for victory. Power to receive. Power to serve. Power to overcome. Power to persevere. We need this power. Look at verse 8. So don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. Did you know that Christians are not promised a problem-free life? I know that there are some people that say, if you're walking with God, you'll never be sick. You'll never have any problems. That's baloney. Um, if you walk with God, you, you're going to have the opposition of the evil one. You're going to have problems that other people have. But here's the difference. You'll have Jesus to walk through those problems with you. When you have the power to persevere in your trial. And he says, don't be ashamed of me. You know, Paul's writing from prison. He says, don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of the gospel, Timothy. Don't be timid. You preach the truth of God's word regardless of whether people like it or not. You preach it regardless of whether it's popular or not. You speak the truth and you trust God with the consequences and you persevere. You keep on keeping on in serving God. Sometimes it's tough to serve Jesus, isn't it? Sometimes people misunderstand you. Sometimes people oppose you. Sometimes people forget you. You remember Joseph? He's in the prison. He's, he's interpreted the dreams. And they, the guy gets restored back to his position with Pharaoh. And he forgot Joseph. Can you imagine? I'm sure that had to be discouraging for Joseph. Listen, when you serve God, don't expect everybody to always pat you on the back. That's not really the reason. Listen, I, I want one person to pat me on the back. And that's Jesus Christ. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. That's, that's worth it all. If no one else does. But I'm not saying we shouldn't encourage each other. We should. But don't serve Christ thinking everybody's going to pat you on the back because sometimes they won't. And you've got to persevere. Who gives that power? God gives the power to persevere. He says, look, persevere. Instead, share in the suffering for the gospel, relying, constantly relying on the power of God. I love what Paul says. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You ever feel like an earthen vessel? Weak and brittle and ready to bust at any moment. Listen, uh, we have this power in earthen vessels that the power is of God and not of us. I'm going to tell you something. I'm weak and so are you. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But praise God, there is a power within me, a power from God. And a power within every Christian, every person who's named the name of Christ, every person who's repented of their sin, put their trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live. And the very power of the resurrection lives in us. And that power to persevere is so important. The apostles, 11 of the 12 there, 
uh, and uh, of course Judas uh, went to the place where that he was uh, he was going, but the other eleven and then Matthias, who was added to them, suffered for the sake of the gospel. As they preached the gospel, every one of them except possibly for the uh, Apostle John, were martyred. Some people believe John was martyred too. But all of them uh, experienced persecution. John, uh, if he wasn't killed uh, in persecution, he died on the Isle of Patmos in prison. Sometimes suffering Jesus is hard. And people around the world who name the name of Christ, we live in a place where, where our freedom is protected. By the way, you ought to vote. You ought to vote. Because our freedoms are important. Pray and, and vote for the person God lays upon your heart to vote for. But <clears throat> all around the world there are people who are being persecuted for the name of Jesus. They're in prison. They're being put, put to death. Their families are being sold into slavery. All kinds of unimaginable things are happening to people. Why? Just because they name the name of Jesus. But can I tell you something? As you stand for Jesus and as you're faithfully going to him and saying, Lord, restore my soul. Good shepherd, <laughs> restore my soul. He'll help you persevere. He'll help you persevere. Um, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, Jesus said. But he also says uh, that he'll give us grace each and every day for what we need to do for God. You'll always have the sufficient grace you need as you come to the Lord and ask him for it. May not be the grace you want, but it'll always be the grace you need. Power to persevere. Maybe you're not persevering through um, a persecution situation, but maybe you're persevering through something else, some other problem in your life. God can give you the grace to do it. Um, sickness, Paul experienced that. He persevered through that. Uh, trouble, the shipwreck. You remember the shipwreck? Paul and a bunch of prisoners are shipwrecked on an island, uh, the island of Malta. And uh, he's getting firewood. He gets bit by a snake. You know, somebody said Murphy's Law. Murphy's always sticking around with us. Um, but Paul's got these things happening to him. And somehow he perseveres through all of this. He prays for a man there on the Isle of, of Malta. God heals him. And then when they find out he doesn't die from this poisonous viper that's bit him, they recognize he's been supernaturally healed, and, and people are beginning to listen to the gospel, and the situation is completely turned around, and God uses it for good. As you persevere in your Christian walk with God, sometimes you'll be surprised at what God will do as you remain faithful. Simply trusting him each day, the power to persevere. And finally, I want you to see he gives us the power to hope. I'm going to read these verses just because I want to. First, look at verse 9. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. God's got a purpose for your life, and he extends his grace to you to, to give you that purpose and allow you to serve him. It says, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. God's purpose for your life was planned before the earth came into existence. That ought to excite you. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light 
through the gospel. Jesus died and rose. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald, apostle, and teacher. This is Paul talking here. And that is why I suffer these things. That's why I'm in prison. But I'm not ashamed. Because I know whom I've believed. Paul said, listen, I know the one who set this all in motion. I know that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me. What was entrusted to him? The gospel. Until that day. Paul says, I may be in prison, but the gospel's not chained. They may have me in a cell, but God's purpose will not be thwarted. I can hope that God will finish the work that he's begun in me. But also, he talks about the rewards. I can hope that God will reward me. Listen, you may be in a place of obscurity. Paul was. He was in a cell. But he says, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. If they put me to the side, God's purpose will still go forward. Won't it be an exciting thing one day when we get to heaven to see what God has done through our simple acts of obedience? Won't it be exciting to see the rewards that are received around the throne? Paul says, even in prison, I can hope because my Savior can't be stopped. His purpose will go forward. His rewards will come. They can't take my hope. I have the power to hope. The supernatural power given to me by the Holy Spirit, even in the situation that I'm in. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says you need to put on the helmet of salvation. I believe the main role of the helmet of salvation is to look forward to that future day of salvation because we have been saved. If you've trusted Christ, you have been saved in the past. You are being saved. God's still doing his work of salvation in your life. And you will be saved because Jesus is coming to take you to the full benefits and blessings of your inheritance. That's the helmet of salvation. And sometimes we just need perspective in life. If we're struggling with difficulty, we need to remember Jesus is coming. The trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise. We'll be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall ever be with the Lord. No more sickness. No more death. No more problems. But victory and joy and service for Christ and worship of Christ in a new heaven, new earth, and new Jerusalem where there's no sin. What an amazing hope we've been given. He gives us the content of that hope, but he also gives us the power to hope through his Holy Spirit. Ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. When you're struggling in your life, take those things to God in prayer. Mix it together with some thanksgiving. And see what God will begin to do in your heart. Ask God for the power that you need. The disciples said, increase our faith. Teach us to pray. They were asking God to do things in their life. Ask God to do that for you. And he will empower you. And he will accomplish things in your life. The Bible says he is exceedingly abundantly able to, to answer more than we ask or think. Empowered for victory. What power does he give us? The power to receive, the power to serve, the power to overcome, the power to persevere, and the power to hope. If you're here today and you need God's power, this altar is open. If you need prayer, I'd be happy to pray for you. Um, 
Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you need to come to this altar and confess, Lord, I've not been trusting you in my trial. I've not been praying about this trial. I've been trying to go through it on my own. Uh, Or maybe you have to say, Lord, I am ashamed of the gospel. I'm not willing to share. I'm not willing to tell people about Jesus. I confess that to you. Please change my heart. Give me your holy boldness and empower me to be faithful in sharing. Whatever your need, God is able to empower you for victory. And especially if you need a relationship with Christ, you have the power to receive it this morning. Uh, Jesus did everything he needed to do. He lived the perfect life you couldn't live. He died on the cross to take the penalty for your sin and take the justice and wrath of God. He rose again to show you that he has power to give you to overcome sin and live a life for him. Everything that you need is found in Jesus. But you must choose to repent, to turn from your own way, to follow Jesus and receive that gift in simple trust. If you'd like to do that this morning, I'll be here at the front. Please come and I'd be delighted to help you with that. Uh, Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that you have all...